Now, your book is just coming out. And what's the name of the book? It's called How Y'all Doing? (laughs) (laughs) See, we knew that. We just wanted you to say it. (laughs) How Y'all Doing? Well, the title that I submitted was Hustlers, Thieves, and Other Lovers. (laughs) They said no. I'm Ilaria Baldwin. And I'm Alec Baldwin. And this is our podcast, What's One More? This has been a remarkably difficult and life-changing year for all of us between the pandemic, politics, the economy, and raising children in these stressful times. While we all have unique experiences, there are things that unite us all. Those moments that entertain, enlighten, and educate us. Stories are what connect us. The good, the bad, the funny, the bizarre. On this podcast, we want to stop and take a moment to hear stories of some incredible people to see what we can learn and be inspired by. We all make mistakes along the way. We're all imperfect, but we're also constantly evolving and wanting to get it right. Each of us is a continual work in progress, and it is by coming together to share our stories, struggles, and wisdom that we can individually and collectively grow and learn. So what's one more is for conversations about mental health, chatting through challenges we all face, building community so we can make this a better world for our children. Hopefully a few laughs, probably some tears too, and trying to figure out what makes this all worthwhile. What's one more way that we can get through this together? Our first guest is someone who personifies the light, laughter, and inspiration we want to share with you in this episode of What's One More? A wonderful actor, singer, and writer, Leslie Jordan. You might know him from Will and Grace or American Horror Story. He has blown up on social media during the pandemic with his infectious positivity. But there's so much more to Leslie than his Emmy and his new role as the king of quarantine. Leslie is unapologetic about who he is. Facing hardship with determination and the conscious decision to choose happiness, Leslie is the positive light that we have the privilege of being inspired by. Here's our conversation with Leslie Jordan. One of the reasons that we wanted to have you here today, not just because we love you and you're amazing, but that this has been a really tough year for the whole world. And when I see your face, when I'm scrolling on my Instagram, it makes my heart sing. All of a sudden, this positive feeling comes over me. And even if I'm having the worst day in the world, you put a smile on my face. And number one, I want to know, do you know that you do that for people? Do you know that that has become your calling card, especially this year, I think? Well, I found it out this year. I mean, definitely, because of comments when I post things and I read them, there'll be, there'll be three or 4,000. I'm obsessed with them. I'll read them. And then, um, you know, people come up to me now and it's, it means so much. They say, you know, I was stuck in the house with my kids, my husband, I thought I was going to go crazy. And I just duck in somewhere and listen to you, you know, with your little thing. And, you know, it was nothing I planned. When I look back, I think, gosh, I'm a marketing genius. Cause I only had about, I think I had about 20,000 followers, maybe. And then Megan Mullally, who worked with me on Will and Grace, reposted, and she's got a trillion followers. And so all of a sudden, I jumped to 80,000 followers. I could not believe it. And then the the pandemic, I was here in Tennessee, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to hunker down with my family. I'm going to stay here. And so, but I got bored really quickly, and I started posting. 
And I don't, I, now I get up and scramble for content. I wake up in the morning and think, I should post. I haven't posted. And I can't think of anything. Back then, I just, I don't know what it was. I just get on there and talk, talk, talk. You know, but I think the thing that I did that people liked was I would say things like, what are we going to do? This is boring. It's awful. What are we going to, you know, people related somehow. But um, yeah, they, um, I really learned during the pandemic, give me a good pandemic, honey. I flourish. You know, <laughs> But what I realize is, and I said this to me, Laurie, is we take people for granted who have this quality, this warmth that they have. And now during this pandemic, you, Del Shores, all those guys I've been watching, who everything is just really, really positive and really humanistic and really very warm. And I come on there and there you are. And and you'd think that I wouldn't want to hear relatively the same kind of tone, but I'm dying every time I go online and there you are going, well, hey, all you fellow hunker downers. That's <laughs> my favorite part. Well, my fellow hunker downers, how y'all doing? And I'm like, thank God for him. Yeah. You're keeping us sane. Have you always been that way? Have you, even as a kid, were you always looking at the bright side? Pretty much. I heard, um, what's his name? Uh, Shirley McLean's brother, he's as famous as she is. What, uh, uh, Warren, Warren Beatty. Beatty talking one time about his wife, Annette Benning, and he said that he felt that people were just born with different capacities for happiness. There are just some people. He said, my wife is just happy. You know, it's just yeah. like, happy. I don't know. I've been blessed. Um, you know, I get down, but I don't get down much. And I, it also helped that I got... Uh, sober 22 years ago um because but i had do you discuss that pretty readily you talk yeah about yeah i talk about it a lot because it was uh it's that's what's led to this is all that work that they made me do you know when you get in those damn recovery rooms because i was a mess i mean i was in jail five times can you imagine me sitting in the pokey no. yes i was in jail <laughs> I, just, I want to, I want, I want to see that scene of you in a jail cell going, "Good morning, all you hunker downers." No, no, you were in jail for what? For DUI? DUIs, every one of them, and then several wow. little mis, uh, several little uh, indiscretions. I'd really rather not discuss. It, no, no, we, it was better always, we use our imagination. It yeah. was always around drinking in a bar somewhere and walking out of there and doing things I shouldn't have been doing. But I um. I, I, my best story is the time that I, I got sentenced to 120 days and I almost fell on the floor because that's a lot. That's four months. Uh-huh. And I thought, I kept telling them, I'm on a TV show. I'm on this TV show called um, Pacific Blue, where, you know, all the guys out in Venice, it was Mario Lopez and they wore little tight bicycle shorts that were cops. And I was on this TV show and the, I said, you can't put me in jail. I'm on a TV show. Well, yes, they can. They don't care. They couldn't give a shit what happened. So they put me in jail and um, I went up finally to the turnkey after 12 days. And I said, listen, I'm having a panic attack. I really am. It's uh, There's something wrong. I'm afraid I'm going to start clawing my face and screaming. And I just need to take a walk. So please, I promise I'll come back. But you got to let me just take a walk around the block and then I'll come back. And he goes, sit down. Shut up. What do you mean, take a walk? And so then he came over to me and he said, listen, I'm going to take pity on you. We're going to let you out. But here's the problem. We got Robert Downey Jr. downstairs and we got nowhere to put him. We got Gary Busey next door. (laughs) 
So they said, you're going to have to share a cell with him until two o'clock. Then we'll let you out. No. So I sat in a jail cell. That's my big claim to find. I've talked to him about it before. He didn't remember. He didn't remember. (laughs) I'm so hoping you were going to sit there. And in a very quiet moment, you're in your jail cell with Robert Downey Jr. about to leave. And he's in jail. And you go, you know, Robert, you know what you should do when you get out of here? You should play like a superhero, like Iron Man or something like that. That'd be a great career move for you because I feel there's a heroic thing about you. But years later, four years later, I was on Ally McBeal with Callista Flockhart and all those famous Portia de Rossi, Jane Krakowski, all those girls. And they were in the, and I didn't know that Robert Downey Jr. was on that show. I was just doing a guest role. So I'm sitting in there with all those uh, girls, those famous actresses, and in walks Robert. And he goes, do I know you? <laughs> and I looked, I looked at him like this. I said, zip it. He said, yeah. what? I said, zip it. It, it, it's the it's the striped sweater I'm wearing. It's the stripes. Now you know what's also funny is is, is that drinking, and um, you know, I mean, a lot of people go through that where you are like a solid citizen and you're living your life and everything seems pretty normal, and then you have these episodes that get you into a lot of trouble, and then when you wind up having to face that. What, what you're reminding me of is, is you become Private Benjamin. You know what I mean? It's like the movie Private Benjamin. You're looking at the guys going, I'm supposed to be in the solo unit with the with the stream with Netflix and a bar and a and, and, and a massage chair. And you know, it's it's like, like when they when they make you go when they when they make you go down and do that kind of stuff like in jail. God, it's traumatic, right? It's so traumatic. I feel like people over the pandemic have been hearing is we're we're all we're all drinking a lot more. A lot of people are drinking a lot more than they typically do. What what would you say to people who who find that they're struggling right now and feel that they just can't do without? Well, you know, the big problem is that meetings, you know, where you go to these recovery meetings, because the, re- the, the cornerstone of the recovery meeting is one alcoholic or one drug addict helping another. It's not like a therapist or this and that. When someone comes to you and says, I think I have a drinking problem, what do you you think? Do you think I have a drinking problem? You're not supposed to give them advice. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can say all signs are pointing to that you have a drinking problem. (laughs) But let me just tell you my story. And that's how you do it. My story, you know, tell my story. So now with with this pandemic, no one can get face to face with people. I think some of the meetings I saw the other day uh, out in uh, one of the parks in L.A., they, they'll have a meeting outside. But, you know, then how anonymous is it when you're sitting in an AA meeting on Santa Monica Boulevard in Plummer Park, you know, for right. everybody and their brother to drive by. Right. But it's, it's really hard right now. And for people that are home, I say to them, listen, you cannot isolate like that. You know, you know the difference between staying home because it's, you know, it's something you have to do. And now that we're getting back out and you're not wanting to go because you're drinking at home, you only, you know, but you've got to reach out to somebody. You know, you've got to pick up that telephone and call somebody or you're in trouble. And only, you know, when you're in trouble, you know, I knew, you know what I mean? I knew when the jig was up. I knew, you know, when I was headed to jail for the, you know, 10th, 5th time that the jig was up. But only you know, 
you know, when the jigs up. Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to go off on this road, but in February, I had 36 years. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, my God, I had 30, see? And in, my, and in my memoir, I mean, I don't talk about it a lot, but I in my memoir, I, I talked about it, you know, because it's such a determinative part of your life. And as you said, you can't, you can't, you know, you can lead the horse to water kind of thing. You can help people and say, here's the list. Here's the literature. You may be an alcoholic if, and there's that list <laughs> and so forth. But I, but what I find, what's interesting about you is that, is that you, you, you had that rebirth, if you will. You had that, uh, uh, you know, uh, realignment and got sober. And look at what you've done with your oh career. Gosh, I, I mean, you were like, you are on, I mean, I looked at your IMDB and I'm looking at the stuff you did and you've done a lot of stuff. A lot. Are you, are you, now do you say, do you like to work? Because some people like to work a little bit. Some people don't like to work. Some people like to just light one off the other. They're like workaholics. How does that work for you? You happy when you're working? I'm happy when I'm working and it seems to, every job I think is the last one. I think, well, this one's it. You know, and for someone who got to Hollywood in 1992 and the first thing I thought when I stepped off the bus was, it might not be a good idea to let anybody know I'm a homosexual. Well, come on. I mean, that's <laughs> my career. You know what I mean? Whether I play gay or not, that's me. I got to be me. And that's a big part of it. You know, I wanted I tried to get rid of my southern accent. And then also I have this other accent which is the gay accent. And people say, what are you talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a way that we talk, that gay people talk. A gay man can say something. 50 yards of purple chiffon come flying out our mouths. We just know, you know, um, if you if there was any doubt that when, when I opened my mouth and I, I wrestled with that early on and everything that I thought was a negative, you know, that, oh, my God, I won't get hired because I'm too effeminate or who's going to hire me when I sound like this or who's going to hire me because I'm so short has turned into these huge assets, which is a wonderful way. You know, so I'll act any, you know, I, I just love I love what I do. The most amazing thing is that you got to be yourself. And I think that that's a, a big, you know, a big lesson. And I think one of again, going back to what you have provided for for all of us over this past year and before, but you really have, you know, exploded into all of our, all of our phones this year is this thing of, I'm going to be myself. I'm solid in who I am. And through that, I have the strength to emit a positivity that is going to affect so many people every single day. It really has helped me a lot. What do you do when you're, when you're having a tough day? Do you feel like you still have to fuel that? Does it feel like it starts becoming work? If you're having a hard day, how do you, how do you address that? I just start again. I start my whole day over. You know, I'll have these days and I'll think, my God, let's just start over here. You know, be the middle of the day. But let's, just, let's just start over here. I, I have a real easy way of doing that. And I'm not sure how I do it. You know, when people ask you, because I've had people, you know, notice that, that, wow, you can just, you know, come in here because I do, I do have, um, uh, uh, dark days, but I'm, I don't know. I'm able to, to just somehow, you know, pull myself up and do it. I, um, I've said many times, I think that happiness is a choice. It's a habit and you have to work Very for it. Point. You know, people think, oh, well, I want to be happy. Well, 
forget the word happy. Let's work for contentment. You know, I mean, nobody's going to wake up and, oh, I'm so happy. I'm happy. But when you can wake up and think, wow, you know, things are like right now, everything in my life is going the way I want it to go. I don't have any problems right now. That's a wonderful place to be 65 years old, perfectly comfortable with who I am, what I am. How did I get here? I think it was a lot of writing, you know, over the years. I had all these people that make me write, write things down. I had a wonderful, um, spiritual advisor that used to tell me when you when you put pen to paper it slows your mind down to the speed of a pen and you'll get clarity and if you begin to write about you know things you can get clarity that way not typing it out not thinking it out not voicing it but writing it and then he made me list i had this guy come up to me and tell me listen i want you to call me in the morning he was one of my spiritual advisors at 10 minutes after 8 And I want you to list for me four fears. And I said, well, how's that going to help me stop drinking? He goes, 10 minutes after eight, tell me four fears. I thought, well, this is bullshit. I realized 10 minutes after eight was because he had 36 other people. And that was my time. But it was also to help me 10 minutes after eight. You know, I had to do it. And I called. He said, what are you afraid of? I said, well, I'm afraid of heterosexual men. That's my biggest fear is I'm afraid that they're going to make fun of me or try to beat me up or, you know, be disgusted. Is that, is, that, is, is that real for you now? That's real? Not anymore. It was right. then. I'll tell you what happened. When you were younger. Yes. My biggest fear. And he said to me, here's the, here's the weird thing with you is you're attracted to that. You know, you're attracted to these straight guys. Hello. You know, how many times are you going to fall in love with a guy who's straight? And, and what do you think? They're going to wake up one morning and think, oh, today, today I'm going to sleep with a man. That's not going to happen, you know? And you fall in love with these straight guys. It's like stove hot, ouch, stove hot, ouch, what is, over and over again. And so out of that fear list, he made me go. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to an all straight AA meeting. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, out in the valley, they have stag meetings. Are they all straight? Probably. I don't know. But most of them would be. And I want you to go to that meeting. And I want you to hold your hand up and say, my name is Leslie. I'm an alcoholic and I'm also a homosexual. I said, no, I can't. How'd that go? (laughs) (laughs) They all gave you their phone number. You got your wish. (laughs) You say you have a, you have a, you have an appetite for straight men. I was going to say, you know, when I got the flowers you sent me, I was tempted. I was so tempted. I find you very attractive, and I was so tempted. But I got six kids. You know what I mean? But when but when you said the that at the meeting, three of us would be really happy together. I have to say, totally. But no, but did, no. Did you say that at the AA meeting? Did you say I that? went there and I? It was funny because I called my uh, my sponsor outside of the meeting and I said, listen. I'm about to walk in. And do you really think that I should just tell them off the bat I'm gay? He goes, well, you're going to have to walk to the podium. So they'll probably know just you walking up to the podium with that little swish of yours. (laughs) I said, well, this is not helping me. But I did it. I walked to the front of that meeting and I looked out and I've never been that scared in my life. I said, my name is Leslie. I'm an alcoholic. I'm also a homosexual. And I'm really afraid of you guys. You're my fear. You know, I'm afraid you're going to. And and when that meeting was over, the unconditional love that those guys showed me, hugging me, talking to me, telling me about their fears and how they were scared of this and this and that. 
inviting me back the next week, making sure I would come by saying, listen, we're- they made you the secretary of the meeting. Yeah, they, made bring the cookies. they made you the chairperson of the meeting. They yeah. said, you've got to come back next week. And, and to be able to come out now in the modern world, it's probably liberated you creatively and as then, well. And then there's enough space for everyone. Exactly. You're living your life. You're being your life. We only have the time that we are here and we, we might as well make it count. And help one another and reach out to one another. You know, when I um, when people say to me, well, when did you come out? I fell out of the womb and landed in my mother's high heels. You know? <laughs> I know that I kept it secret until what I thought. And in high school, it was so funny because I would sit people down and I would say, listen, um, I have a big secret I need to tell you. You know, I said, I'm gay. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the secret you're gay and you murdered right. somebody or what is the yeah. secret you're gay because and you're wanted by interpol what is going on yeah. what's, you're gay and 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 th- that i think that is the big thing with with a, a gay man is that you kept that secret your whole life my dad was a lieutenant colonel in the army we read know. about that he wanted to, he wanted, he was a man's man, you know, but he would buy me a bride doll. You know, he bought me whatever I wanted, but still you feel your whole life. He was killed in a plane crash when I was 11. And so for so much of my life, I felt that I'd been a disappointment because I wasn't good at sports and this and that. What can change people's life? A little piece of advice about how people can be more positive, can, can make our way through this. I think it's so important, you know, to to give back, you know, you know, okay, look, I've been given this and and the way in which I can give back is is to do to do my share. And I think now with this pandemic and all this stuff that's happening around the world, I think we're we're going to get through this and we're going to get through it with each other. And I think it's going to make us a better, better people, you know. And more more apt to reach out to one another and help one another. Now, your book is just coming out. And what's the name of the book? It's called How Y'all Doing. <laughs> <laughs> See, we knew that. We just wanted you to say it. <laughs> How y'all doing? So much cuter. You know what's it. wonderful about that? Uh, Harper Collins came to me and said, we think you have a book in you. And we think that it should be called How Y'all Doing. They gave me the book, the title, and they said, we think these, we have a list here of some of your Instagram posts that we feel could be fleshed out into wonderful stories here. And it just came to me and how wonderful, you know, for that to happen. And so it was such a joy to write. And I knew also that it was going to come out two days before my birthday. I'll be 66. I thought that's just such a wonderful little omen there, uh, so it's a good time to be Leslie Jordan. It's just real good right now. So I, I had a title. Obviously, you didn't get my email. I sent you a title for the book, which I think was An Examination of the Contemporary Existential Situation in America. You chose not to use that title, right? <laughs> well, the title that I submitted was Hustlers, Thieves, and Other Lovers. <laughs> they said no. I said, that's my That story. can be the sequel. All right, well, listen, Thank we're you. so we love you. We and love you. We I watch you, you all the time. Kiss you make all us those happy. Babies for oh, me. How, how lucky to have, and they're all blonde little. I know it's, rid- it's ridiculous, children. right? Those Baldwin jeans are really it's strong. <laughs> 
It's just a joke. It's a joke. Thank you, guys. We send you our love. Thank you. Wish you the best. Thank you. Bye. Leslie inspires me so much because he went down a dark and difficult road and found himself through courage, hard work, and determination. He's living his best and most authentic life. And he now stands as a reminder to all of us that it's not always an easy journey, but there is power in being true to who you are and embracing your individuality. That's our goal with What's One More, to build a community where we can come together and share these stories with you to learn something, to laugh, and hopefully walk away feeling a bit more positive and happy, like Leslie. From the bottom of my heart, I am grateful for you, Leslie. I love following you. I love your smile. It is infectious. So what's one more friend that inspires us and brings light into our life? Our individual journeys may look different, but when we come together, we become stronger and continue to grow. Thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And share the show with your friends and help us grow. We'll talk to you guys next week.